You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The pitch, a swing and a drive, deep left field. Welcome to the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron. That ball is hit hard and deep to left field, backing to the track, to the wall, and it's gone! It's a grand slam! Now, Matt Pauley, Mike Claiborne, and the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron. Wainwright picks out the sign. The pitch is swung on a miss. Throw to second base. Strike him out. Throw him out. Double play. On the Cardinals Radio Network. We are back. We are into 2023, the first edition of Countdown to Opening Day across the Cardinals Radio Network alongside of Mike Claiborne. My name's Matt Pauley. Mike, officially, Happy New Year. And same to you, sir. I'm glad that uh, we survived 22. Looking forward to 23. A lot of fun things, I think, are in store for Cardinal fans, and uh, I'm looking forward to it getting started. The couple weeks around the holiday, just for everybody, it kind of slows down, but then you get through it, and... Yeah, no guarantee the Cardinals are going to do anything, but it feels like this is around the time that maybe some stuff starts to ramp up again. I think you'll have more conversation, and I know you and I talked about this before, uh, and I've asked the question to a few other people. You know, I think people think, well, what about a free agent? Are we going to sign anybody? Well, who's who's still out there that makes you markedly better? Okay? And I don't know if that person is out there right now. So you might look to see... Do we wait until we get to spring training, see who's playing well, maybe make a deal then if we need to, or do we go in with what we have? And, and I think they're still a little short. I think you got to figure out what you want to do from the left side as far as your bench is concerned. But overall, you, you have enough components to go into spring training feeling like there's going to be, A, enough competition, and B, getting a longer look at some guys because of the World Baseball Classic. You mentioned being short from the left side, and I'm 100% with you on that. Kevin Wheeler and I have had some conversations because he feels like that lefty DH role is largely going to be Nolan Gorman's. And Mm -hmm. when you look at the DH spot and then the outfield spot, and so you can take pretty much every outfielder on the roster and then take Gorman in there as well, you just don't have track records. You just don't have guys who have done it year after year after year, and that's the thing that worries me. See, my concern, and I'm on the same page with you, I like to have a little bit more experience. Mm Mm-hmm whether it's a bench guy or a guy who's won somewhere, I, I need to have that. Because realistically speaking, we don't have anybody who's really won anything. Adam Wainwright is the only one on the roster that's actually been a World Series champion and has gone deep into postseason. So you'd be amazed at how important those guys can be for a young team or a team that has regular season experience but I think we even saw last year how postseason is a little bit of a different animal. I'm not trying to relitigate last year, but I remember <laughs> thinking going into the postseason, I looked at that roster mm-hmm. and I said, you know what would look really good on this roster? That 33 year old dude who can go play the corner outfield spots, can play middle and field, never going to embarrass himself, not an all star, maybe spent a year or two in his career where he was a starter, but has seen everything and has done everything. And I still don't see that guy on the roster. You know, it was supposed to be Corey Dickerson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'd been around, professional hitter, got off to a slow start. And then he got hot in the second half. And he kind of provided that, cooled off a little bit. But he, he too, wasn't a guy who had actually been involved in a lot of winning situations. And, and that's what you're looking for, somebody who 
can settle some guys down. And I thought the biggest need was in the bullpen because we didn't have much experience there. So that's the area. If you're going to bring in somebody, bring in somebody who's been part of some sort of successful situation. So even if he's a rusty nail, even if he's not a normal Cardinal, a guy that's been in through been through the war and can maybe show youngsters this is how you need to deal with this. But I, I think Kevin's probably spot on that they're going to give Gorman the chance to fail. You know, they, they're, they're, not, they're going to let him stay out there as much as they can because I'm not sure how much more he can do in the minors. I think the biggest issue for him is if Brandon Allen, who was his hitting coach in Memphis, if he can get him moving in the right direction here, then maybe we have something. And I think I can say that about a couple of guys who when they got here were, were hot and then cooled off dramatically they go back to Memphis, and all of a sudden they find their stroke. It's a good point. I think there's a good possibility that both from a hitting coach standpoint and from a pitching coach standpoint, these guys that are moving into these positions, especially for some younger players, they may be people who can better facilitate steps yeah. forward. Yeah, yeah. Um, the one other thing I wanted to mention with you here uh, in this in this first segment, winter warm-up is coming up. I haven't been around for a while, but I remember growing up, it always felt like, the Cardinals made a move around the winter warm-up. Is that something that still kind of exists? Yeah, we've seen some guys show up at the last minute, you know, <laughs> and, and when the warm-up rolled around. Um, and that still may happen. Now, th- how that happens could mean maybe people we're expecting to see at the winter warm-up won't be at the winter warm-up because we're bringing somebody else in. And, and I, I roll that out because of this. We agree that maybe a difference maker isn't in the free agent market. You're sitting on a lot of players right now, and there aren't enough spaces for everybody. You might be able to get some interest in some teams and some players that might be able to help somebody else. So I, I think it's wide open right now. I This is a really weird thing to say. I've, I've, I've covered baseball a long time, not as long as you, Claves, but I've been around the game for a while. I've never thought that depth hurts you. This is one of the few times where it feels like the Cardinals have so much depth on the 40-man roster they just can't move on from guys. They just can't bring somebody yeah. in and say, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna DFA this guy mm-hmm. because he doesn't bring value." Everybody on that forty man roster brings value. No, you're right, and it restricts you in many ways. Now they can work through that. It's not a horrible thing, but it does make things a little more tricky. I, I, you know what? I, I, you're right. I look at it this way. I don't know if we've had this much competition on a forty man roster in a long time. You know, we we've had some guys on the forty. You're like, what's he here for? Oh, he's going to protect Memphis. No, you you have a lot of guys in this roster now that are either definitely ready for Memphis, if not ready for the Cardinals, and that hasn't always been the case. So with the WBC taking place, it's going to create more opportunities for them to look at players. And um, they're going to make somebody, if you're a good player, make them not like you. Make them not like you. You know, go out and do your job because they like you for a reason. Because you've shown the, the the ability to ascend through the organization. So now here's your chance. What are you going to do about it? That's Mike Claiborne. I'm Matt Pauley. This is the countdown to opening day. We've got a lot coming up over these two hours. Katie Wu from The Athletic. Uh, Jim Hayes from uh, Bally Sports Midwest. Scott Miller uh, works with MLB Network. Uh, does stuff both in uh, Southern California and New York. Former brewer and brewers analyst Vinny Rotino all going to join us on the program. Don't go anywhere. It's the countdown to opening day across the Cardinals radio network.
Now, back to the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron on KMOX. Alongside of Mike Claiborne, I'm Matt Pauley. Countdown to Opening Day does continue across the Cardinals radio network. Be one of the first fans to catch the Cardinals in 2023 at spring training. Cardinals Vacations makes it easy to get to warm, sunny Jupiter, Florida by being your one-stop shop for spring training travel. Make your plans today. Call Cardinals Vacations at 800-892-7687 or online at cardinals.com slash vacations. Happy to welcome on to the program someone who covers the Cardinals for The Athletic. She is Katie Wu. You can follow her on Twitter at Katie J. Wu. Katie, Happy New Year. Thanks for coming on the program. Yes, guys. Happy New Year. Happy 2023. I am well getting ready for some Cardinals baseball with pitchers and catchers reporting in about six weeks. Uh, we're almost there, so getting pretty excited about that. Almost there for sure, and uh, we've kind of had like a quiet period. So do you think this thing is going to ramp up? Because, you know, there's still some free agents out there. And Matt and I have already talked about the fact, I don't know if there's a free agent that can make the Cardinals that much better, which leads me to the next level. There are a lot of teams who walked away and didn't get what they want. Do you think we'll start to see some trades take place now? You know, I completely agree about what you said about the free agents. Uh, The free agent market was such a whirlwind, especially when you factor in the winter meetings. And I don't really think that there's a a true 100% fit remaining for the Cardinals in terms of free agency, which makes me believe that if they do make another move, it's going to come in form of a trade. The Cardinals have such a deep system, both in terms of controllable major league talent and their minor league farm system. They certainly have the means to do it. I think it will just be up to... John Mazalock and company to see, you know, what this team is still lacking, what they could do to get better. The Contreras signing was huge. Obviously, that was a huge need they fulfilled, but you can certainly make the argument that they can't solely just do the Contreras deal. There still needs to be another move. I do agree, though, that it will probably come in terms of a trade, just looking at the logistics of the situation. On paper, they're clearly the best team in the NL Central, but when you look at the upper echelons of the National League and you see what the Mets and the Dodgers and the Phillies and the Braves and, and all those other teams have done, or whether it's this offseason or in the Braves' case, just kind of setting themselves up beforehand. It feels like the upper echelon in the National League is maybe a step in front of the Cardinals. Do you get the sense that the Cardinals uh, feel any pressure when they look around the rest of the league? You know, I think they should. I mean, when you're looking at those juggernaut teams like the Padres, the Mets, the Phillies, the Dodgers, who I know haven't spent that much, but are still a pretty powerful team. You see teams like Atlanta that seemingly makes an extension every week. And there's a visible drop-off between those teams and St. Louis. Now, this is not to discredit the St. Louis Ball Club. I still think they're going to be very good. And I do agree that they're the early favorites in the division. But there are so many question marks when you look at this team, particularly when it comes to the rotation. And I know we've seen recent trends in the postseason. Teams that win postseason games, have a true aces, have a true, no question, solid pitching staff. And while the Cardinals do have plenty of depth, and that is something new that they've had uh, coming into spring, in 2021 and 2022, there were some holes in the rotation. I think the Cardinals are in a much better position in terms of having depth to cover those question marks. Now we just have to question how good that depth is. So I think if we're looking for the Cardinals to bridge the gap to get to some of those upper teams, it starts with clarifying some questions for pitching. Maybe that's a trade they make. Maybe that's a trade they don't make until the trade deadlines. I mean, they had a very good aggressive trade deadline last year that propelled them into the playoffs, but we'll see. I think if you're identifying one, one part of the Cardinals, though, that could certainly help them, I don't know, feel a little more confident that they are going to be one of those better teams in 2023, you look at their rotation. Katie Wu of The Athletic is joining us. And, Katie, uh, 
I'm always concerned about the bullpen. And, you know, I, I think the way the game is headed, you really need two closers. I, I don't think you can count on one guy every night. And I think the best example would be the Milwaukee Brewers and how they handle uh, Hayter. So is there another guy out there that you like that's got – I want someone with experience. I, you know, the kids are good. Don't get me wrong. But I'd like to have a guy with experience. No, that's a great point. I, I think the Cardinals do have, at least internally, a lot of intriguing options. You have Helsley coming back. Uh, we've seen Jordan Hicks close before. He certainly has the speed to do so. Now it's just going to be a, a question of command. And Giovanni Gallegos could be considered for that closing role, too, because he's obviously something he's familiar in. But he also does a great job in that setup role. So – I'm not sure if the Cardinals will search externally for another late-inning high-leverage reliever. I think they have a lot of solid options. I mean, you have the young guys like Andre Pallante, Zach Thompson. They really impressed last year. Uh, and So we'll see. Again, I don't really think that there's an external option for them, especially, again, that goes back to what we are talking about, Clay, the free agency. And, you know, if they do trade, I can't see them trading for something that they feel like they already have internally. But I, I do agree that it would benefit, and we saw this work for them last year as well, to have sort of two closers. I mean, Helsley's not going to make every single save opportunity like we saw, so it would certainly help to have another one. Katie, Klebs and I have talked about this a lot, and it does certainly apply to back-of-the-bullpen kind of guys. The rule changes this year with the pitch clock. Are you expecting to see an impact either on velocity or how often those guys are able to throw their fastball because of the less time that they have between pitches? Oh, this is a great question that I did not think about. Um you know, my first inclination is to say no, because we've seen pitchers like, let's take Dakota Hudson, for example, that really benefited from the pitch clock, and it didn't really change how often they used their fastball or how often it impacted their velocity. It actually made that pitch better. So maybe I think when you're looking at guys like Dakota, who admitted that he was in his head a lot thinking through things, the pitch clock actually helped because you have one thing to decide, and you stick with it because you don't have a lot of time to waste. And a lot of those times, I mean, baseball is such a mental game. It's so mentally draining that if you can eliminate as many of those distractions as possible, you might see better results. I mean, we just talked about how effective Giovanni Gallegos was, but he's been one of the slowest pitchers in the league in terms of times between pitches. So, But he's been pretty effective. I think it'll be interesting to see if guys who were effective without the pitch clock can still remain being that same level of, of effective with those uh, time regulations. So we'll see about that. But that is pretty intriguing to, to keep in mind about fastball usage and velocity with the pitch clock. So what rule change are you most anxious to see? And how it, how I think it works. For me, I think for me, it's the, the regulation of the shift because the Cardinals are such a smart, defensively positioned team. I mean, that's been their bread and butter for, for years. And I think they'll be fine just given their, their infield and their overall defensive status. I mean, they have one of the best infields in baseball. But they're going to have to really uh, change their strategy in terms of how they play the infield, who's standing where. Guys like Nolan Gorman are going to have a time adjusting. I mean, we saw Gorman make some big strides at second base, but there's still plenty to go when you are you don't have the luxury of a Tommy Edmond or a Brendan Donovan able to help you out. So for me, I'm really interested to see this spring, and it'll be really difficult because so many of the Cardinals infielders will be playing for the World Baseball Classic. I'm interested to see how they configure their defensive positioning, knowing that that is such an instrumental part of their game. To that end, and this isn't just a Cardinal question, this is a baseball question, does the defensive ability, especially when it comes to range for second baseman, does that become more important now because of the lack of a shift? Absolutely. I think you're going to see a much bigger emphasis on defensive value, especially range, when it comes to second base. I mean, there's a lot of times, I think, when you look at the infield across baseball, maybe your weaker infielder is at second base because you could shift and help them out. Well, that's no longer going to be the case. So 
you can make the argument that, well, Tommy Edmond is an exceptional shortstop, and he is. And going into spring training, Mo has already said that will be the team's starting shortstop. There's also significant value for him to be at second base. There's also significant value for Brennan Donovan to play there. It also puts into consideration and emphasizes how important it is for Paul DeYoung to get back on track. He's going to have a lot of opportunity this spring because they'll be, you know, Tommy Edmond will be playing for Team Korea in the World Baseball Classic. There'll be a lot of infielders moving around. So he'll have plenty of chance to kind of get back on track. And if he can do that, the Cardinals will have a much more solid overall infield because they'll be able to put Paul DeYoung in at shortstop every now and then and hope that his back can follow through. Put Tommy Edmond at second base. Brendan Donovan can be the utility guy. And then suddenly you're feeling a lot better about your middle, your middle infield. Katie, want to ask you about the uh, Baseball Writers' Dinner. It's going to be coming up on January 15th. It's at the MAC this year. One of the coolest events that happens really across the country in the baseball offseason, and uh, fans are able to attend, and it's all for a very good cause all at the same time. Yes, I'm so glad you brought this up. I am so excited that the dinner is coming back. We've had a two-year hiatus due to the pandemic and COVID. This is actually my first dinner as part of the St. Louis uh, Writers chapter, so I'm very excited about it. We'll have Paul Goldschmidt there, Nolan Arenado, Brendan Donovan, Ryan Helsley, Miles Michaelis, Ollie Marmol, and of course the uh, minor league players of the year, Jordan Walker and Gordon Graceffo. Moises Gomez will not be able to attend, but he is planning on um, video chatting in. So tons of opportunities to see some of your favorite Cardinals players. All this money benefits our uh, scholarship foundation to help, uh, you know, supply foundations and scholarships to uh, people that and students that are going to, or at least hope to, have a career in journalism. And it's, it's always, always, always such a fun time. Tickets are still available. Um, as of this morning, though, we were very close to selling out uh, with about 50 tickets remaining or five tables. So if you are thinking about attending this dinner in any way, don't hesitate because this event will sell out and we don't want anyone to miss out. Yes, so it's always hopefully been, I can see you all there. It's always been a popular event. You know what? We we not talked about Moises Gomez at all. I mean, here's a guy who was a player of the year in the minors, hit a bunch of home runs, and I've not heard his name mentioned one bit as far as what his impact can be in spring training, what kind of opportunity will he get? Absolutely. I I mean, I think you'll see a a substantial opportunity. How can you not after what he showed in the 2022 season? The Cardinals have talked about maybe needing another another outfield, another bat, and if he can have a strong spring, just like Jordan Walker, I think there's no reason to, to... even consider that he could not see an opportunity there. Uh, I think the Cardinals, one thing they've been really good about over the past couple of years is letting their young guys play and have valid opportunities in spring. We saw that with Andre Pallante. This was a guy that wasn't even on any of the top prospect lists and still made camp because he had such, or still made the roster because he had such a, an, an excellent camp. I think if we see the same stuff from Walker or Gomez, we can see the same result there. So same with Gordon Graceffo. I mean, these are guys that have been, electric in the 2022 season really made strides in terms of development and skill and like i said cardinals do reward their young players that come out and show out so that will be a, certainly a couple of fun spring storylines when we get to jupiter she is katie woog in the website st louis bbwaa.com if you're interested in buying tickets for the dinner coming up on january 15th katie thank you so much for your time hey, we'll see you real soon and you know what make sure people sign up for the athletic and start tracking yep. katie now because she's going to be all over when spring training rolls around so uh Make sure you subscribe to The Athletic. You got it, guys. I will see you soon. Looking forward to seeing you at Winter Warm-Up. Have a great one.
That's Katie Wu of The Athletic joining us here on Countdown to Opening Day across the Cardinals radio network. I would second what Mike Claiborne just said. You should have a subscription to The Athletic in addition to the work that Katie does from a local standpoint, from a national standpoint. They've got some of the best writers out there. It's really, really good baseball coverage. And uh, if you're able to, I would certainly say go out and uh, get yourself a subscription. You uh, don't need to go out and get yourself a Cardinals calendar if you happen to be the correct caller number right now. See what I did there we are going to give away a cardinals calendar still in the month of january so uh we are certainly still on page number one of the calendar it is absolutely awesome looking back at all the highlights of 2022 if you'd like to win one you could be caller number five right now on our contest line at 314-955-1120 314-955-1120 when we return we are set to be joined by jim hayes from valley sports midwest that's next here on the Cardinals Radio Network. The Countdown to Opening Day show continues with Matt Pauley and Mike Claiborne on KMOX. That's Mike Claiborne. I'm Matt Pauley. Countdown to Opening Day continues the 26 Cardinals Care Winter Warm-Up. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. It's coming to Bush Stadium in Ballpark Village January 14th through the 16th. For more information about the kickoff to the 2023 Cardinals baseball season and to purchase admission and autograph tickets, go to cardinals.com slash WWU. Back to the phone. Very happy to uh, welcome on a reporter, a host on Bally Sports Midwest during Cardinals telecast. He is Jim Hayes. Jim, thanks so much for your time. How are you? I'm doing great. How about you guys? Chad, I miss you, man. You, you know, so for people who are listening, you know, Jim and I kind of do the same thing. Uh, he does it on TV. I do it on radio. So we spent a lot of bonding time together from like the seventh inning on trying to figure out if the Cardinals win, who we're going to talk to. But we get into some other great conversations, and I, I miss talking to him as a friend. 
Yeah, I got to tell you, Claves, I miss you too. Those are some good times. We hang out a lot. We, we're like we're like family. We we have truly had some chuckles over the years, but uh, uh, the season will be here before you know it. Uh, so, how have you spent your off season? Uh, let's see. I'm I'm we're doing some off season programming at Bally's, but I'm also kind of catching up on uh, being a dad and being a husband, which is great. A lot more downtime when it's not baseball season. But uh, I do miss baseball, and now's the time of year you start thinking about things changing and getting back into baseball. It's pretty incredible how fast it goes. It doesn't feel like it was that long ago that the season's ending, and all of a sudden we're looking at it's we're a few weeks out from people being down in Jupiter. Yeah, and, you know, the hot stove always fills in the gaps, and there's nothing more fun about uh, figuring out who the Cardinals should get or why they didn't get <laughs> this guy and how good is Contreras. Will he be enough uh, offense? It's fun. It's fun to be part of that. Yeah, I, I love the discussion to go back and forth. So what do you think so far? I mean, they made the one deal in Contreras. Uh, is that enough, or do you think there's more coming? Um, I don't think there's much coming. I thought Contreras uh, filled the need in one fell swoop that they were looking for. They prioritized um, getting a catcher, upgrading a catcher. He certainly does that. Um, I wonder, you know, I keep hearing middle-of-the-order guy, middle-of-the-order guy. He's a righty, and they're not going to stack three righties. So I think they probably need a lefty bat to go in there somewhere. Um, And I also um, wonder if they have enough starting pitching. It would have been great to see Quintana come back. That didn't happen. And you could say we got six starters, seven starters now. But at some point, Claves, and you guys all, you both know this, at some point, you could have eight starters, but you're going to be down to four starters. No so doubt. I wonder if they have enough. No doubt. And, and here's the other thing I would say to that. Just because they start, can they help you? Because there's a lot of guys who are starters, but, you know, they, they, they can't help you get to that next level. And I think any Cardinal fan would admit that it's, it's great to win the division. It's great to get in the playoffs. But now you're at a point where when you have good players and good players at multiple positions – you want to go deeper in this thing. You want to feel like you can get to the World Series. And when you get there, anything can happen. Yeah, so I think it's a good point, especially when you have Goldie and you have Arnado, and you kind of feel like they're on the clock now, right? Like, you know, they've had them a little while now. It's, it's time to make something happen when you have that sort of luxury to have those two guys. So I, I do totally uh, agree with that. I I think they're going to be really good, and I – I think the the key for this ball club, in my opinion, is Flaherty. If he's an ace, they're going to be fine. If he's healthy and he's jacked, they're going to be fine. If not, you know, you wonder who's going to who's going to eat up the innings. Are they going to be good innings, good enough innings? And then that lefty bat. Those are my concerns. When, when you look at this roster and you look at this offseason, then you compare it to some of the other upper upper echelon teams in the National League, whether it's the Phillies or the Mets, these teams that are just throwing money around. I think there's some frustration from Cardinals fans that feel like the Cardinals have not been as active. How would you respond to that? Well, I mean, you hear a lot about, well, shortstop. I think Tommy Edmond is going to be a gold glove shortstop. I think his numbers, I mean, you look at his war, it compares with the other guys. And you have this young kid, Wynn, who may be, you know, a year or two away. And second base, so you have moved Tommy to shortstop. Second base, Donovan could be there, who's an excellent player. Gorman could be there. He's an excellent player. And if you're the Cardinals and you're thinking big picture, are you going to spend money on a guy who you don't think is necessarily going to be 
that much better than you have. Now, the, to me, the, the problem that it leaves you with is we're kind of depending on a lot of guys doing what we hope they'll do. Like, I, I believe Tyler O'Neill is an exceptional ball player when he's healthy. Will he be healthy? I believe we saw enough from Gorman to say this guy could be a legitimate power bat. Same with Yepes. But we haven't seen it on a consistent basis. So you think it should shake out that way, but you're not positive of it. You know, we hope Carlson rebounds because we've seen what he can do. Well, what if he doesn't? So I think what we're left with is some question marks now. But a lot of the times I think the frustration comes that the Cardinals didn't go out and get the big ticket item. They got the big ticket catcher, but they didn't go get a shortstop or someone. I think the the Cardinals are, are a bad away, maybe a starter. But I, I don't know if that was the kind of thing where I would say I'm disappointed that they didn't go get one of the one of the big contract guys because I don't know if that was a value play for them. No, I, I agree with you. I, I think you touched on when you throw Jordan Walker in that conversation. You got a couple other young pitchers that you think can help you down the road. Um, I, I think maybe if I'm looking elsewhere, I might be looking at the bullpen. But even with that said, I think, Jim, they, they've got enough guys where you can get a, a good long look at them. If you feel like they're not the answer for right now, you can always go out and make a deal because you have enough assets to make a deal with. And they've already said that uh, they look at Walker as a guy who can make the team out of spring training. Now, let's not forget how good Burleson was last year. He certainly deserves a look. There's a lot of pieces. Now they, you know, they, they don't provide you certainty for this upcoming season, but they certainly provide potential. So you have a bunch of guys with potential who have shown well in on a limited basis. So I understand, you know, people having some questions about this ball club. I think they're going to be very good, but again, it depends on Flaherty being an ace. I think if, if he is, that changes everything, in my opinion. Jim Hayes of Bally Sports is with us, and we're talking Cardinal baseball here on the Countdown to Opening Day show on the Cardinal Radio Network. Jim, I know you in the offseason have a chance to catch up with a number of players. Who's the guy you talked to most recently? Uh, Miles Michaelis. You know, he had to convince him he's in his garage. He, uh, <laughs> he had a day off from being on his fishing boat. I had to convince him to wear a shirt for the interview. And uh, he was showing me some <laughs> items in his, in his garage, got a nice gym set up. And he also bought a uh, a boatload of sage. Ah. Remember when things weren't going well, he would be the guy that smoked the sage, you know, and put it around the whole stadium. He got a big supply just in case things don't go well. He's got a, almost a karma guarantee with a supply of sage. How much do you love it when there are guys out there whose personalities are pretty big and you're able to uh, use those personalities to tell some really fun stories? I love it, and I, I think it helps the player. You know, like, there's certain guys that's just not in their nature, and I get it. And uh, But if you could pull some guys out, like, how did I hate doing the media stuff? And then you work it, work it, where he was comfortable with you, and then you find out, this guy's awesome. He's hilarious. Um, Lance Lynn was that way. Once you One of my figured favorites. him out or he figured you out. And I think it's good because, you know, Cardinal fans, you know, players are so important in this community not just for the work that they do, and a lot of them do great charity work, but they want to get to know them. They want to see what they're all about. And the guys who offer it up to you, like a Miles or a Newt Bar, um, I I think it's great. And I I think it serves the players well because 
you know, all of a sudden you're a fan favorite. You could hit 240. But if you got a good personality, they're not clamoring for you to be traded on the message board. No, I, I agree with you. And I'll tell you a guy who, you know, when you get him off by himself, he's he's really fun to talk to. He 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 doesn't like doing the whole big media thing, and that's Paul Goldschmidt. I mean, uh, you've been around him as much as I have, maybe even more. And but when you get him by himself, he's a pretty good guy to talk to. He's an he's an outstanding guy, and I've been fighting this battle on a little radio show that I do that <laughs> they call him stoic. And uh, stoic is a bad word. He's just uncomfortable in a scrum, like you said, Claves, and he's uncomfortable about, about talking about himself. And his approach to hitting is the same. Like, honestly, if he squares up the ball three times, regardless of the result, he thinks that's what he was supposed to do. And and he knows that it sounds boring, and then the reporters will ask him a different way to get a different response. But that is a hilarious guy. And, when you know, they said this about Holiday, too. Well, he's a lead-by-example guy, doesn't say much. And you guys know this because you're around the ball club. That just because some guys in the media say that they're not around them enough to make that assessment, mm-hmm. like Holiday wouldn't shut up in the clubhouse. I see Goldsmith behind the scenes joking with his teammates, chirping his teammates, you know, giving them a little grief about this or that, or nonstop going around the clubhouse and talking to the young guys. So, yeah, it's not lead by example. There's communication, and a lot of these guys have personalities that. They're just not comfortable talking about themselves to other people. He's Jim Hayes, reporter, host, analyst, storyteller uh, on Cardinals Telecast on Valley Sports Midwest. Jim, thank you so much for this time. We'll see you real soon. Gents, thanks for having me on. Claves will catch up soon. Looking forward to it, my friend. Take care. Jim Hayes of Bally Sports Midwest joining us here on Countdown to Opening Day. We'll take a break. We have much, much more coming up. Don't go anywhere. Countdown to Opening Day continues on the Cardinals Radio Network. Now, back to the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on KMOX. Countdown to opening day does continue across the Cardinals radio network. Very happy to welcome onto the program. He's the director of group sales with the Cardinals. He is Ryan Eberhardt. Ryan, thanks for your time. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you, uh, Matt. Appreciate you having me on your show. I'm sure this is uh, a pretty busy time of year for you as uh, organizations out there are starting to set up their group outings. Yeah, definitely. I mean, which coming back from the holidays is always a busy time. You have that little bit of downtime, but now it's really, you know, you turn your focus to the upcoming season. And yeah, we have a lot of businesses uh, that are looking to bring their uh, employees out as well as a lot of school groups. And we have many other programs through our group sales um, that we're looking to explore with other uh, people as well. Yeah. How do group tickets work? Kind of uh, different programs? What, What all do people need to know? Yes, there's a lot that's involved, but essentially group tickets is uh, an avenue that we provide our fans that want to you know, bring a larger group out to the ballpark. We do small group tickets, um, which could be from 20 up to almost 300, and then our consignment program, uh, which is really where we allow people to buy tickets and then get back to us a couple weeks before and kind of settle up and everything there. Those are for 300 or more. Those are groups that you'll typically see, you know, the normal fan come down. You may not know it, but those are the groups that are singing our national anthem, God Bless America, our take-me-outs throughout the game. Um, we have a lot of businesses, like you had mentioned earlier, that are, that are coming down. 
We have a couple other unique uh, niche groups that are out here performing, such as our Palm Cheer and Dance program. We have a Battle and Boots program, which features rock and country music artists, um, and our amateur game program, which is high school or collegiate baseball players that are playing postgame. I know you touched on it a little bit right there, but just in terms of the benefits, the amenities, different things that go along with bringing a group out to Bush Stadium. The benefits really have a wide range. Uh, you know, for any group that does uh, consign with us or 300 or more, they automatically get a field visit to come down to the ballpark prior to the game and watch, uh, you know, both teams take batting practice. But it can kind of go from there in terms of tiers. You know, um, we can essentially offer honorary pitches um, for groups that are a little bigger. A lot of our athletic associations from the area come out and they're able to partake in a parade to where they're able to walk around the field prior to the game. And then, you know, there's usually any unique program like the uh, – Amateur game program, battle and boots, those all have a unique uh, element tied to them as well. So not every group's going to be that huge group of 300 or more. When we're talking about that, those smaller groups, what are you able to offer those type of people? Yeah, I mean, the smaller groups, it's kind of unique because, you know, while they may not be the larger groups, we still really want to make sure that they're having a great experience. The unique thing about that is that for the majority of dates, they do see significant savings. On some dates, they see up to a 50% discount on tickets that we offer through our group sales program. I know one of the cool things is throughout the entire region, whether it's a company, whether it's a church, like whatever it is, year after year after year, it's such a big deal to come back. And so many of these groups are doing this on an every year basis. 100%. You know, we see a very high return rate from our groups year over year. Companies uh, will bring their staffs out for uh, an employee day, and they just see the benefit of bringing them out to a game. They're able to, you know, just really partake in a fun day with their employees outside of the office and, you know, take in Cardinals baseball, which is always fun for everybody. Uh, You just mentioned it, and I forgot to talk about earlier, but we actually started a church program here last year where we're really focusing on bringing churches down and providing them with different elements, especially, you know, directed towards our Christian day that we'll have this year again and just try to get them and their congregation down to enjoy a day day at the ballpark as well. I know industry-wide, not just for the Cardinals, Major League Baseball, Minor League Baseball, everywhere, during COVID, even coming back to baseball after that, it took a little while for groups to to come back. And it's so good now to to see those buses rolling in and, and that sort of thing. It's a really important part of the baseball industry. 100%. Yeah, we were a little worried in terms of going through COVID. We didn't know how the market was going to respond, how the fan base was going to come out, because there's just so many, they just changed so many things throughout COVID in terms of how you go about your day-to-day. But, you know, it's one of those where we're we're seeing groups coming back. We're hopefully to get back to, whether it's this year, the levels that we were at prior to COVID. And, you know, that goes to say with just the great response over the past couple of years that we've had with our group leaders continuing to come back. And you know, we're looking forward to another great season this year. So if someone is interested in group tickets, what do they need to do? If you're interested in group tickets, you can reach out to us by calling our direct ticket line at 314-345-9000 or going to cardinals.com slash groups. Very good. Ryan Eberhardt, Director of Group Sales with the Cardinals. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. We will take a break and have more in just a moment as the countdown to opening day does continue here across the Cardinals radio network. The countdown to opening day show continues with Matt Pauley and Mike Claiborne on KMOX. Starting to wrap up our number one of countdown to opening day across the Cardinals radio network. Alongside of Mike Claiborne, my name is Matt Pauley. The 2023 Cardinals calendar, it is here and available for you with a salute to Albert Yachty Wayno and all the history-making highlights of 2022. If you want to get a copy of it for yourself, you can find it at Area Grocers or by calling 314-345-9000. I can tell you it is absolutely awesome. I love my copy, and you will love your copy as well. Coming up in the second and final 
final hour of the show. A couple more guests as uh, Klaibs and I will be joined by Scott Miller, covers baseball nationally based in Southern California. And then as we continue to uh, go around the National League Central, we're going to be joined by former Brewer and now a Brewers analyst on Bally Sports Wisconsin. That's Vinny Rotino. He's going to join us in the second hour as well. We are continuing to count down to opening day. That's Mike Claiborne. My name is Matt Pauley. We appreciate you being tuned in, and we'll be back in just a moment or so across the Cardinals radio network. Now, back to the countdown to opening day show, presented by Amron on KMOX. One hour down, one more to go. It's countdown to opening day across the Cardinals radio network alongside of Mike Claiborne. My name is Matt Pauley. Returning in 2023, don't miss Cardinals theme tickets. Our top 10 themes are on sale now featuring favorites like Star Wars Night, Blues Night, Margaritaville Night, and more. Additional themes will be released in late January. Visit cardinals.com slash theme for tickets or more information. Coming up this hour, speaking of more information we're going to preview both the winter warm-up and uh, the uh, various cardinals caravans that are going to be uh, going out also former brewer and now a brewers analyst for bally sports wisconsin Vinny retino he's going to join us in just a little while as well but right now we're very happy to uh, welcome on to uh, the show uh, he has covered baseball for a long time a national writer uh, you can read him all over the place including the uh, new york times he also contributes to MLB Network Radio. He's based out of Southern California. He is Scott Miller. You follow him on Twitter at ScottMillerBBL. Scott, thanks so much for the time. How are you? Hey, uh, good guys. Happy to be with you, Matt and Clades. Happy Happy New Year, guys. Same to you, sir. I hope everything is going well for you out there. And you are one of the busiest guys because for our listeners who don't know, they can read you in various areas, starting with the New York Times. You do some work for them, and you cover that West Coast and all those teams in, in such a professional manner. So, it's uh, it's it's a good time to read Scott Miller. You you keep everything real and uh, keep it in, keep us informed. I appreciate it. It's, it's been that one thing nice in that regard is uh, unlike the past several well last season, you know, kind of throw away the the lockout winter and then the pandemic winters. But um, you know, compared to previous past seasons, we've had a lot of activity before Christmas. You know, as mm-hmm. opposed to the years when. Bryce Harper and Manny Machado didn't sign until spring training started. One of the more interesting storylines has been that of Carlos Correa, who seemingly can't pass a physical. I mean, thought he had a deal in San Francisco. He'll probably still end up in in New York with the Mets. But, man, this just – it's not a good look, is it? No, no. uh, He's been an interesting case all along, right? I mean, go back to his last year in Houston and the Astros – said they wanted to resign him, but, you know, that's back to what we were just talking about, about owners trying to keep salaries down. That The Astros never really made anywhere near a $300 million offer that Carlos Correa was, was hoping for. And anyway, n- not just the Astros, but no, you know, few other teams, uh, you know, his market was scarce. And finally the Twins stepped up and surprised everybody, you know, saying that, you know, he finally agreed to that three-year deal with an opt-out after one year. And, um, you know, and now flash forward a year, he opted out of that. And then we're into this screwy situation. So, you know, Carlos Correa, you know, his entire free agency has been not what he anticipated it would be. And, 
And this year, yeah, I mean, the Giants, to the point, having called a press conference, and the fact that Correa and his family and his agent, Scott Boris, were in town in San Francisco. And, you know, then there were reports he was that his, he and his family were out with a realtor looking at housing uh, markets and, and houses in San Francisco. And all of a sudden, the day of the press conference, you know, the Giants pulled the rug under and, um, you know, now then to the Mets. And now that's held up. I agree with you. I think. I think the Mets get the deal done, and the, the fact, I mean, you know, whether they renegotiate, we'll see, but I, it's hard to imagine Korea not being a Met now for two reasons. One, after the Giants pulled the plug, I mean, the Mets had every, and everybody else had every reason to, to ride the brakes, um, but the Mets dove right in, so I think from the, the union side and Scott Boris's side, they, they, you know, they have a pretty strong argument, like, look, you know, the Mets knew what they were, you know, mostly what they were getting into because, you know, they didn't seem to have any problem once the Giants pulled out. And then secondly, Steve Cohen, uh, the Mets a, uh, owner, you know, making, you know, he's already talked about Korea and, and uh, including saying this was, he told the New York Post, this is, this is the last piece. This is the piece that gets us over the top. So, you know, once an owner's on record saying things like that, it's awful hard to, to back out of a deal now. You know what? Whether the numbers land at where they were, three hundred and you know five million or whatever, wherever he was with the Mets, um, or whether they try to renegotiate, we'll see. But yeah, that's kind of hanging out there as we get into the new year. And you know, one of the things I want to ask you, Scott. You know, we know Steve Steve Cohen spent a lot of money, but what team are you anxious to see if they're healthy and and together? And you looked at them, and you look at the roster, and you say, "This is a team I might want to start paying closer attention to." What might that team be, even if it's not the Mets? Yeah, I mean, yeah, the Mets certainly will be intriguing with with Scherzer and Verlander back together, and you know, like the old glory days in Detroit, and and you know, they signed uh, Senga, the Japanese pitcher, uh, for the Mets did, and and they've got a, a pretty interesting lineup and rotation. Kodai Senga uh, is the Japanese pitcher who is very intriguing. But they've spent a ton of money. You know, we'll see. I think that National League East is going to be very interesting. The Phillies, right, with Dave Dombrowski. Um, I'm not that crazy. You know, they added Craig Kimbrell to their bullpen. I think he certainly had his better days behind him. But, you know, signing Trey Turner, I think that's exactly to the 11-year deal. That's exactly what the Phillies need needed. Um, because Trey Turner, man, people don't understand. Everybody looks at the Dodgers and, oh, Mookie Betts this and Justin Turner before they cut him loose that and Cody Bellinger won the MVP. And, you, yeah, the, the Dodgers are loaded. But, man, Trey Turner's the guy that made them go. I, you know, he hits for average. He's on base percentage good. He runs at bases. But, yeah, I think he's really going to be a great fit for the Phillies um, coming off their World Series year. So I, I think the Phillies are going to be even better the Mets. Atlanta in that division, I'm not so sure. I know they traded for Sean Murphy and immediately re-signed him to a long-term deal. But And maybe I'll be wrong. I think probably you should never underestimate Atlanta because that organization does things well, and Alex Anthopoulos is great. But, yeah, I just don't see how two years in a row you can lose a Freddie Freeman and then mm. lose a Dansby Swanson and not take a hit. So I think that Philly's Mets going to be really interesting um, in that division. I think – you know, the Padres signing Xander Bogarts. There's going to be a lot of drama again in San Diego. They got, you know, they're coming off a really good year. It seems like there's an opening in the West because it seems like the Dodgers are kind of resetting their whole luxury tax threshold, uh, their payroll. You know, they let Justin Turner go. They really 
you know, they let Trey Turner go. I don't think the Dodgers will be as good as they've been. And, you know, I think this is the Padres' best opening to blow through and actually win the division. But we've seen the Padres have kind of disappointed during the regular season the last two years. But, you know, I mean, by setting Xander Bogarts, I mean, so he plays shortstop, and then that means, you know, Ha-Sung Kim slides over second base, which means Jake Cronenworth slides over to first base which also, by the way, means Fernando Tatis Jr. When he comes back in April, if, if, as expected, he'll have to go to the outfield. He won't be the shortstop anymore. Probably he goes to right field, is my guess, and they move Juan Soto to left. But for all of those reasons, talent plus player movement, I think the Padres would be very interesting to watch as well. Speaking of the Dodgers, uh, Trevor Bauer is still on that roster. The expectation yeah. is that he's not going to be there, that they're going to move on from him. Is there going to be a team out there that gives him a chance, or is his career done? I'm reluctant to say it's done just because you guys have seen. I mean, just when you think, like Manny Ramirez, right? It, it seemed like he was probably about done in, you know, in L.A. And, and then Tampa Bay signed him. There's always, it'll be to me, the teams to watch on Trevor Bauer are going to be the lower payroll teams that traffic in quote unquote market inefficiencies. And that's like Oakland and Tampa Bay. I don't know if they'll go for Trevor Bauer. The fan base ends up telling the tale. But part of the reason I mentioned that is because, you know, the Dodgers owe him whatever it is, thirty two million. And by if they release him as expected, and I do think they will release him, what that means is the Tampa Bays and the Oaklands out there can pick up Trevor Bauer for the the major league minimum. You know, so they can get a picture of his nature for only you know major league minimum. You know, six hundred thousand a year, seven hundred thousand a year, and the Dodgers have to pay the rest. And if you're a team like Oakland, well, Oakland's rebuilding so much, but say Tampa Bay, and you're battling the Yankees, and they had uh, you know once again the Yankees they signed you know Carlos Rodon, they re-signed Aaron Judge. I mean, you're always battling that in that division. If you're Tampa Bay, you could get Trevor Bauer awfully cheap, and you've already got a contending team, and that's where the whole market inefficiency, if that's the proper phrase, comes in that Tampa Bay could uh, exploit. Now, fans in Florida in that area, would they stomach Tampa Bay signing Trevor Bauer with all of his baggage or anybody else besides Tampa? I'm using Tampa Bay as an example, but um, that's, going to be interesting and i don't know it seems like there's always somebody there to give somebody a second chance but these are some pretty ugly skeletons yeah but you know what scott I, I think it depends on what kind what the clubhouse makeup is you, you have to have some yeah. pros in that clubhouse I, I think if you turn him loose with a bunch of young players you're not going to get what you need out of him yeah, that's a great point Clips. i yeah that's a really good point and you know the dodgers some, no player has talked publicly. They've all gone into radio silence since Bauer uh, was suspended. But the chatter around the Dodgers is, and this is part of why I think they're going to release him, um, a lot of players in that clubhouse didn't want anything to do with Trevor Bauer. And, and that's why I like the point you just made, Mike. Um, yeah, a lot of it, aside from the fan base and whether they'll accept, any fan base would accept a Trevor Bauer, you're exactly right. Great point on the clubhouse makeup as well. He is Scott Miller. You read him in the New York Times. You listen to him on uh, MLB Network Radio. Scott, thanks so much uh, for the time. I'm sure we'll catch up again real soon. Look forward to it, guys. Take care. And uh, it's amazing. Once you pass the first of the year, all of a sudden it feels like spring training is just around the corner. And that's a good thing. It sure is. You're right. Looking forward to seeing you there, sir.
All right, likewise. That's Scott Miller joining us on Countdown to Opening Day across the Cardinals Radio Network. When we return, we're going to uh, look forward to what's going to be taking place during the winter warm-up and also the various Cardinals caravans that are going to be headed out very, very soon. We'll tell you all about that. It's up next. This is Countdown to Opening Day on the Cardinals Radio Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For those of us who call Illinois home, a little heads up goes a long way, especially when it comes to severe weather. At Ameren, Illinois, our smart grid technology helps detect outages faster so we can keep you up to date with outage and restoration alerts. Stay one step ahead of severe weather. Sign up for outage notifications today at AmerenIllinois.com alerts. Exciting Cardinals baseball will continue at spring training and you can be one of the first fans to catch the team in 2023. Cardinals Vacations makes it easy to get to warm, sunny Florida by being your one-stop shop for spring training travel. You'll receive hotel accommodations, great game tickets, an exclusive dinner at the ballpark with select Cardinals personnel and much more. Make your plans now. Call Cardinals Vacations at 800-892-7687 or online at cardinals.com vacations. There's a certain magic here in Cardinals Nation, one that can't be found anywhere else. Can you feel it? Central Bank is the hometown bank of the Cardinals. Sign up for Cardinals checking with Central Bank and get a Willie McGee 1982 throwback home jersey and two game tickets. Member FDIC. This season, take in a Cardinals game like a VIP. All-inclusive tickets are on sale now and feature a full buffet, a complimentary bar, plus a great view of the game with lots of great areas to choose from like the UMB Champions Club, Proficient Red Jacket Club, Premium Legends Club, and more. There's something for every budget. 2023 all-inclusive tickets start at just $59 and are on sale now. Get your tickets today at cardinals.com slash all-inclusive. What do Ford and your St. Louis Cardinals have in common? One heck of a lineup. That's what. From Ford F-Series, America's best-selling trucks for 45 years, to the SUVs with the highest owner loyalty, like America's all-time best-selling Explorer, the Built Wild Bronco, and the Versatile Escape. Visit your quality Ford dealers for exclusive offers on the official truck and SUV of your St. Louis Cardinals. Based on IHS market 1946 to current U.S. total new cumulative registrations for all vehicles identified as SUVs. Based on 1977 to 2021 CY total sales. For a hole in your roof or a whole new roof. Frederick Roofing, Frederick.
Frederick Roofing, 645-2000. 88,000 satisfied customers since 1929. Frederick Roofing, 645-2000. The 26 Cardinals Care Winter Warm-Up is coming to Bush Stadium in Ballpark Village January 14th through the 16th, 2023. Admission tickets include access to presentations, exhibitor hall, family-friendly activities, the Cardinals Care Store, and new this year, the Cardinals Hall of Fame Museum and a tour of the Cardinals Clubhouse, which is open to fans once a year just for this event. Purchase tickets and learn more about winter warm-up at cardinals.com slash WWU. Hey, Cardinals fans, since we're all just waiting around until the Cardinals get back on the field, let me tell you how Schnucks Rewards can save you money. With Schnucks Rewards, you earn 2% back on every purchase. Not only do you get points for money off, the Schnucks Rewards app has a lot of other features designed to make your grocery shopping easier. You'll also find hundreds of exclusive digital offers and coupons, personalized savings delivered to you in an instant in the app. Everyone is looking to save money these days. Reward yourself. Download the Schnucks Rewards app and start saving money off your groceries at Schnucks. Proud partner of the St. Louis Cardinals. Hey, baseball fans, the official Cardinals team store at Bush Stadium and Cardinals Authentic Shop at Ballpark Village have your bases covered. Located only steps from each other, the team store hosts the best selection of official on-field merchandise, while the Authentic Shop offers the largest selection of game-used and autographed memorabilia. Two great stores, one easy location. Visit the official Cardinals team store and Cardinals Authentic Shop for all your baseball needs. The Countdown to Opening Day show continues with Matt Pauley and Mike Claiborne on KMOX. Countdown to Opening Day continuing on. Cardinals ticket packs and all-inclusive tickets are on sale. You can pick up multi-game packs, all focused around high-demand games and top promotional items, or you can feel like a VIP with all-inclusive tickets. Get all the details at cardinals.com. A couple events coming up here very, very soon that uh, hopefully we see you at. First off, a winter warm-up. It is going to be going on next weekend at uh, January 14th, 15th, and 16th. Again, a new venue this year as it's going to be taking place between Ballpark Village and Bush Stadium. All the details are available at cardinals.com slash WWU. That includes the autograph schedule. A number of autograph sessions are already sold out, so make sure to check that out. Also, it should be noted that the Cardinals Clubhouse Tour and also the Hall of Fame and Museum admission is included uh, in uh, the admission to winter warm-up. Also, the Cardinals Caravan, it is back this year. We are going to be going all over the region visiting Six states in just four days. If you want to see if we're coming close to you, head to cardinals.com slash caravan. This is back. Really looking forward to uh, seeing some folks, uh, whether you're in other parts of Missouri and Illinois, maybe in Tennessee, maybe in Kentucky. We're going to be all over the place. Again, cardinals.com slash caravan is where you get all of those details. When we come back, we're going to find out a little bit about what's going on with the Milwaukee Brewers. Vinny Rattino a former brewer and now a brewer's analyst for Valley Sports Wisconsin joins us in just a moment. It's countdown to opening day on the Cardinals Radio Network. Now, back to the countdown to opening day show presented by Amron on KMOX.
Countdown to opening day rolling on here on the Cardinals Radio Network. That's Mike Claiborne. I'm Matt Pauley. Into our uh, second and final hour of the program, Vinny Rotino is going to join us in just a moment ago. We were just talking about this. want to remind you, the Cardinals Caravan, presented by Missouri Farm Bureau Insurance. It's back on the road for 2023. Get the latest scoop on the upcoming season from players, alumni, and broadcasters, plus raffle prizes and autographs for the kids. For more information, visit cardinals.com slash caravan. It's been an interesting offseason for the Brewers. They haven't done a lot. They do bring in William Contreras, so that means William and Cardinals catcher Wilson Contreras are going to be in the division together. That's going to be a lot of fun. We're very happy to welcome onto the program to talk all things Brewers baseball. He is a former Brewer, and now he is an analyst on Bally Sports Wisconsin covering the Brewers. He is Vinny Rotino. Vinny, thanks so much uh, for your time. Happy New Year. Welcome onto the program. Of course, happy new year to you, Matt. What's it? Uh, what's it been like uh, around the Brewers since uh, the uh, decision by David Stearns to step down as the president of baseball operations? Yeah, you know, so it was a little bit surreal at first when that first all went down, just because right, it's a, it's an up and coming, you know, kind of a rising star in the industry as far as you know, front office executive. He's in the middle of a window to win just because of that pitching staff that the Brewers have, and then he goes ahead and steps down. So it's a little bit surreal. Not exactly sure the reasoning behind it, but honestly, Matt Arnold is probably going to approach things very similarly to a David Stern, so it's probably going to be – it's felt like business as usual after that initial shock kind of happened right so a lot of the moves that you have seen the brewers make so far in the offseason are, are a little bit very reminiscent of what david stearns did and, and and he's still a consultant for the team for the next year so um it, it was shock but but like i said a little bit of business as usual so Vinny, if, if you're going to have a guy matt arnold who mirrors what david stearns was where, where is the plus for the organization well you know yeah, that's a great question, Mike. So, so the plus for the organization is, is that you know honestly, Matt is is cut from the same cloth as as uh, the David Stern. So you're gonna you're gonna see Matt's chops kind of in you know on display here with his decision making prowess, and you gotta believe that some of the decisions that have been made over the last you know handful of years including the Willie Adamas deal to the Tampa Bay Rays, because Matt Arnold does have connections to the Tampa Bay Rays. Like, that was a genius move, right? That is a home run. That's a grand slam to, to acquire a Willie Adamas when he is hitting 170 for the Tampa Bay Rays. And the Brewers go ahead and acquire him, and all of a sudden he's a, what is he, a five-win player last year. So so you're probably going to see, and hopefully we see more of that. Um, you know, I'm sure he had his hand in, in a decision-making process in that deal. This Brewers roster looks different. A lot of mainstays, whether uh, it's a Colton Wong, a Brent Suter, an Omar Nervaez, a lot of guys are, are not there anymore. The big acquisition so far this offseason is William Contreras. Has the team made themselves better? Have they taken a step back? Are they about the same? How would you evaluate the offseason so far? I think the team, just with acquiring the William Contreras, I, I think the team does get better in that regard, Omar Narvaez was – he just flat out had a down year, unfortunately, in a contract year. Um, he still – you know, he turned out okay by signing with the Mets for a nice deal. But um, I, I think 
I think the William Contreras deal is going to turn out well for the Brewers just because it does give them an impact bat behind the plate. Uh, he does have to get better def- defensively in a number of different aspects. But who better than the Milwaukee Brewers to do that, right? They've proven they have a track record of doing that. Omar Narvaez, you don't get traded twice as a catcher who can hit unless there's something wrong with your defense. Well, the Milwaukee Brewers acquired him, and then they turned around his defense. All of a sudden, he is a he is kind of a glove-first guy at this point. So Charlie Green, Nestor Corridor, uh, Walker McKinvin, these are guys that have been able to really transform catchers defensively, and I, I see more of the same with the William Contreras deal. As far as their the one area I think they still need to address is their bullpen. They've gotten more velocity down there, and they're going to give guys chance, and some guys will emerge. Um, so, uh, but but I do think that at this point there's a lot of unknowns with their bullpen, and so I think at this point um, they're probably a little bit weaker, but they have gotten stronger offensively. You you mentioned the bullpen, who everybody feared last year, and then all of a sudden you make a trade, uh, and then all of a sudden some other players move on. What happened in that situation, and who do you like that's going to try and have to emerge to, to be some of those guys to set up Devin Williams? Yeah, so, you know, with the Josh Hader deal, Mike, that's what you're referring to. Is yes. that, that just did not work out, obviously, for the Milwaukee Brewers. I mean, I think I think at the end of the day, the fact that, you know, guys like Trevor Rogers really just went the opposite way where the Brewers were expecting him to go, him to go. I think they thought a change of scenery would, would bring him back into form a little bit from where he was, you know, at, at, in his heyday with Minnesota and with the San Diego Padres, but he just wasn't that guy. And that really, really hurt the Brewers, the fact that they did get rid of Hader and then, and then Rogers just did not perform. Matt Bush is a guy I think they're going to be relying on to really set up, you know, Devin Williams. Um, I think they're they're expecting some things out of a guy, uh, you know, a kid named Javi Guerra, who's kind of had a, a down year, who had a down year for the Tampa Bay Rays last year. And so they're looking for a little bit of a bounce back from him. Uh, and some other guys, look, they, again, the Brewers just have just a knack for finding these kind of scrap heap guys and then giving, giving them a chance, similar to a G, Giovanni Gallegos, right? Mm-hmm. With, the, with the Yankees, they traded – with the Yankees is kind of a throw-in piece, and, and unless he was a was he a waiver acquisition? I forget. I was a scout for the Texas Rangers at the time when they made that deal. I loved him in the minor league, really commands the ball. So, so I think the Brewers are going to find some hidden gems like that. I, I just don't. I can't predict the names just because there's it's so unpredictable. What they do do really well is give guys chances to emerge, and, and I think you will find that a couple of guys will. Are there any trust issues that exist as a result of the hater trade between players who are still around and the front office? Ooh, that's a good question, Matt. So I, I don't foresee that happening this year. I think what I think what you saw last year was I think and it felt like the team gave up a little bit, right? The clubhouse kind of was just like going through the motions a little bit after that deal. Um, it was an unprecedented kind of a deal, right? I mean, the Brewers were four games up in first place, and all of a sudden they trade their all-star closer. I, I can't name another time, I don't know if you guys can, where that happened. Now, now I think the reasoning behind it, all that, like it all makes sense on paper, but I just think, yes, the team kind of like almost felt like they gave up a little bit. I think what you will see in spring training, Craig Council's a master at this, is, is to, to get guys to turn the page, get them to focus on the task at hand, 
And the task at hand is to get back into the playoffs. And look, you saw the Phillies last year. All you got to do is sneak in, and you just never know what can happen. You know, they, they made their run at the World Series. So I think Craig Council will get those guys focused on that. I also think the fact that there is going to be younger blood in there in the clubhouse, like a Bryce Terang uh, and some of the other guys, you know, obviously Garrett Mitchell, maybe you'll see a Sal Freelich who is one of the top prospects in all of baseball. So um, I think the young blood and, and, and then Craig Council obviously has his hand on the, in the pulse on the clubhouse. He'll get them to turn the page and really start playing baseball again. Vinny, uh, you, you talk about some of the, the new blood on this ball club. The, the one blood that everybody always pays attention to is Christian Yelich. What happened? Because this is a guy oh. who was on top of the world – and it just seems like every time you see him, it just a little bit more of, of, of a piece falls off of him. Um, what happened and, and what can be done at this point? Because, you know, they're in the middle of a long-term deal with a guy who, who's really one of those really good players, but now he just doesn't seem like he's the guy we used to see. And the other question I have for you is, did you see it coming when the Cardinals caught Milwaukee? I still thought Milwaukee was going to get in the postseason. What happened in that situation? Because they literally fell off the table down the stretch. Oh, man. Mike, really good points, really good question on the first question you had about Christian Yelich. Look, it, we've been talking about this at ad nauseum, and, and Matt knows that when he was with the Brewers, kind of commenting and analyzing this team in the last three years, Christian Yelich has, has definitely been a different version of what we saw in 2018. The second half of 2018 is when he really – started hitting for power. He always could hit, right? He's always a guy that could spray line drives all over the ballpark with the Marlins, and then all of a sudden he tapped into that power in 2018. I, and then obviously the MVP season in 2019. So um, we have not seen that version of him. He would get one pitch a game, and he would hit it out, right? He had very little protection in the lineup. A guy like Jesus Aguilar was offering him protection, you know, Ryan Braun was kind of at the back end of his career. He was protecting him in the lineup, but that's not much, right? And he would still put up those numbers. So that was how impressive Christian Yelich was. To, to your point, Mike, what happened? I, I don't know. I've been asked this question a billion times. I don't think anybody knows. I talk, I'm friends with a lot of the, you know, the hitting coaches around the league. Like, no one can really figure it out. It, part of it, it I, I do think it, the balls aren't as juiced, right? And so that's part of it. But he's also a guy that, really puts a lot of pressure on himself to really be that name and face, that franchise type of player in Milwaukee. And I think the fact that he started started off slow, well, really had an awful year in 2020 and then started off slow again in 2021, I think that really affected him and affected his confidence. So hopefully we can get something back from him in 2023 here. As he, you know, he did not have a terrible year last year. It just wasn't what we're expecting. So hopefully he can get back to something like that, but I don't know if we'll ever see what he did in 18 and 19. I mean, that was pretty special, um, but hopefully. I'm, I'm holding out a little bit of hope. And then as far as your second question, Mike, what happened down the stretch? Again, I think the team just kind of gave up after that that hater deal. I, I really do. Look, and the Cardinals, you guys are so tough. It's every year. Like I said, I scouted. One of my teams, I was a pro scout for the Texas Rangers for four years. One of my teams was the St. Louis Cardinals. They're putting something in the water in Jupiter. That's what I <laughs> that's, that's what I, I truly do believe. There's pixie dust or something that you guys sprinkle on those players because I saw guys up and down like a Tommy Edmond. I'm telling you, this guy, how he developed in the minor leagues, 
was quite remarkable. Now you guys got another one in Lars Nupar. He looked very similar to what, uh, you know, a guy that was just kind of an organizational player, and all of a sudden he's turning it, you know, putting up, you know, three, four win type of seasons. It's like, wow. Like, so they're just, you guys just have a pipeline. They continue to get better. Um, It's really impressive, really. I, I really admire the St. Louis Cardinals as much as, as a Brewer fan, we really kind of hate each other at the same time, but it's an admiration, right? So um, you guys are just really good. So the Brewers definitely need to put the, you know, kind of put the, the pedal to the metal a little bit in terms of, you know, once they get to the, to a situation where they can really go for it in, in at the trade deadline, maybe add some, some really big pieces maybe this year just to really get into the playoffs. We'll see if that happens. They're always, they're always reluctant to do that, though, not to leverage the future. So we'll see. It's always exciting, you know, watching the Brewers operate. He is Vinny Rotino, a former Brewer, now an analyst on Valley Sports Wisconsin. Vinny, always love talking to you. I'm sure we'll catch up again real soon. Happy New Year. Absolutely. Happy New Year, guys. Thank you, sir. Take care. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Mike. Vinny Rotino, former Brewer and now an analyst covering the Brewers on Bally Sports Wisconsin, joining us here on Countdown to Opening Day across the Cardinals radio network. Still have a lot coming up before we uh, get done for the evening. Don't go anywhere. It's Countdown to Opening Day on the Cardinals radio network. The Countdown to Opening Day show continues with Matt Pauley and Mike Claiborne on KMOX. Countdown to opening day continues here on the Cardinals Radio Network. You can be one of the first fans to catch the Cardinals in 2023 at spring training. Cardinals Vacations makes it easy to get to warm, sunny Jupiter, Florida by being your one-stop shop for spring training travel. Make your plans today. Call Cardinals Vacations at 800-892-7687 or online at cardinals.com slash vacations. We've hit that time in the program. Another giveaway. We're just into 2023. No better way to keep track of the days than with a Cardinals calendar. It is awesome looking back at all the amazing things that happened in 2022. Call our number five right now on our contest line, 314-955-1120. You will win an official Cardinals calendar. This is the countdown to opening day across the Cardinals radio network. Now, back to the countdown to opening day show presented by Amron on KMOX. We are starting to wrap up this edition of Countdown to Opening Day across the Cardinals Radio Network. Alongside Mike Claiborne, I'm Matt Pauley. And, Claves, before we get out of here, I wanted to, um, wanted to mention something kind of a little bit off the beaten path, but earlier in the week, maybe the biggest sports story, and it was a story that certainly uh, transcended sports, was what happened on Monday Night Football uh, with DeMar Hamlin and him going down uh, in the middle of a game and having a cardiac event. And I was thinking about this from a baseball perspective. Every single play, you've got a baseball that's moving mm-hmm. better than 100 miles per hour, sometimes twice, sometimes as hard as the pitcher throws it and then off the bat. We're really lucky that there have not – and obviously there have been some things that have happened, but we're, we're lucky that catastrophic, catastrophic events don't happen in baseball more often. No, I agree with you, um, especially as a pitcher. You know, I mean, these guys can send it right back to the mound. And, you know, we've seen a couple of guys get hit in the head uh, and they've been able to continue. But now the way these guys throw the fastball, I mean, the helmets you have to wonder about these days. And you're right. We're very fortunate. And let's hope we knock on wood. We can keep it that way. And, And even for an infielder, I mean, you know, you get a guy that turns on a pitch. You know, you don't have time to react if you're a third baseman sometimes. I mean, and it can eat you up, but. We've been very lucky, and uh, let's hope we can keep it that way. 
uh, because the the game now, these guys, they throw it harder, they hit it harder, and um, it, it can be catastrophic. That's the right word to use because they don't have much time to react. There's a documentary out there. It's called Fastball. I think it's on Netflix. I'm not 100% sure where it is, but they make the point that I think they compare it to the bee because we we don't know how a bee actually flies from a – physiological standpoint, the way a bee's body is constructed, it should not fly, yet we know it flies. What they know about the human brain is that a hitter should not be able to hit a fastball, that the brain should not, and the eyes should not be able to work fast enough that you're able to recognize a pitch and actually swing and make contact. It is scientifically impossible, yet obviously we see it happen over and over and over every single baseball game. But I think about that, and then I think about this, for a pitch to be coming in that fast where a brain technically should not even be able to recognize it, that's a really scary thing to be thinking about. It really is. And how these guys can continue to react where they don't get hurt in a more serious manner, uh, it's a gift. Because if that's you or me, then, you know, they're probably having a golf tournament for me, you know, raising money for my family or a charity or something because this is a, this is a reactionary sport for sure. You've been around sports so long, covered everything. I'll put you on the spot here. When that happened on Monday night, did it take you back to anything? Yeah. I've seen this before. Um, as a kid, I saw a guy die on the, on the field in the NFL. And what was amazing about it, um, they continued to play the game. Uh, I've seen hockey players go down. Uh, Chris Pronger yeah. in St. Louis took a puck to the heart. Um Jay Bowmeister collapsed on the bench with a heart issue. And I think the one that stands out even more is Hank Gathers and Loyola Marymount, uh, who had a heart condition and stopped taking the medication and, and it cost him his life. So, uh, yeah, I, I've seen it. And every time I see it, you know, you just go into prayer mode because, you know, it, it, there's no guarantee. And that's the thing now with this young man uh, who's fighting for his life. You know, who cares about playing football anymore? I mean, you got bigger issues to address. Uh, and I think the other thing, Matt, because you don't see it that often, but when it happens, it stays with you. It, just like those instances I just mentioned that span, let's see, Hughes died in 50, 50 years ago, a little over 50 years ago, and I still remember it like it was yesterday. You mentioned the Chris Pronger one, and that's where he went down to block a puck. And I've always thought, Again, this is not trying to take anything away from football players and just the the violent collisions that happen on an every play basis. But you think about hockey and slap shots being put right into a player who's going down on the ice to mm-hmm. block it, and then or if it gets that, deflected, yeah, anything that happens in baseball those those are the two sports, hockey and baseball, where you really have the possibility of a a, a hard object moving at a really high rate of speed hitting you in the reaction time. You know, in football. Okay, that's a little slower. We we don't even bring up basketball, but hockey and baseball, uh, the reaction time is just you just don't have time to you don't have time to think. You just react. Moving to something else happening in baseball, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but there's been more developments. The Carlos Correa deal, where the haven't deal heard fell anything through. about that since since uh, everything came out. Yeah, I mean he's. He hasn't signed that deal with the Mets yet. The, supposedly, they're continuing to work through. There's been some social media messages out there that maybe make you believe that something's going to end up happening there. But this uh, this is a situation that doesn't look good for anybody. Well, you know what? It, it just goes to show you that you have to, when they say take a physical, 
you have to hold a guy. When you're spending that kind of money, it really is. Maybe it's not even the money. It's the job. You have to hold that guy upside down under the light and shake him up really good. So I'm thinking, here's where they're at. Maybe he's insured, maybe not, because there was a time when teams would insure players, but you know now it, it can be pretty expensive. But if he goes down, maybe with that injury, then his contract isn't guaranteed. I think that that's something that I would probably roll out and say, hey, look, whatever this issue is, and I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but if you go down, if you're on an injured list and you can't play, you know, for an extended period of time. Uh, then we're not, we don't have to pay you. We're, we're not going to guarantee the contract. We know that professional athletes are very prideful. We also know that agents always want to make it look like they're doing the best for their clients. Mm-hmm. So I feel like maybe what's being worked through here is when the deal finally gets announced, they can still say Everybody 13 years, exactly. three, you know, whatever million dollars. But then when you dig in on it a little bit, so you see that there's – How much is guaranteed? Yeah. And what's guaranteed against an injury, uh, a, a past injury, not a new one, you know? And I think that's something that we just don't have enough details about. Oh, because, you know, Correa's been hurt a lot in his yeah. career. So this could be anything. You know, it, when I see things like this, you almost think maybe it has something to do with a back. You know, but then again, who knows? And I think we just have to wait and see. But I, I think you hit the nail on the head. When it's announced, everybody will feel good about it. But when you go to page three of the contract, there's going to probably be a provision in there on what's not going to be covered as far as guarantees of the contract. And there's two ways to do this, and this is probably where it's haggling. The haggling's going on right now. You allude to the insurance, where if he still gets all his money, but then you got the insurance company that's going to pay out to the team if something happens, or you've got qualifiers in there where if you, you don't X pay games, 50 games, whatever yeah, exactly. it is, you don't get paid yeah. your full amount. And, and here's the other thing. If you're an insurer these days, I'm not even sure that's a policy I would write. Yeah. I mean, even the, the, the premiums could be catastrophic. I mean, they could be, you know, in the stratosphere as far as price is concerned. But it still is that still a good deal for the insurance company because the chances of him getting hurt are probably greater than you think. So I think you may see something that's built in X amount of games played during the course of the year than the contract's guaranteed. I mean, there's a lot of options they have here, so they're not back in the corner yet. I believe Correa's only played 150 games once in his career. Hello. If you're an insurer, I, they're smart. They, they they don't even need to make a human decision. They throw that into their it's Excel Thomas, spreadsheet. Exactly. And, you know, it says, no, do not do not get involved in this. That's Mike Claiborne. Mike, always uh, fun. Appreciate it. All right. It. I think uh, next week we'll be doing this right before the winter warm-up, and uh, we'll have a lot to talk about that week for sure. Well, who knows what's going to happen over the next week or so. That's Mike Claiborne. I'm Matt Pauley. This has been the Countdown to Opening Day across the Cardinals Radio Network.